0: You can take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 139, 139, and I'm excited about the 845 venue, and, and I believe by the end of the year that that place is going to be full. I, I just believe that, and it's uh, amazing how God is just filling up all of these little places. Some of you may not know this, but the, the space that we created in the venue is as much space as those two balconies put together. And at the 1045 hour, the, the venue is basically full. And we started the 845 venue just a few weeks ago, and it's getting full. And um, this is what I want everybody to do. I was challenged everybody last night. I want to challenge you right now. I want you to think right now about someone that you know. Over in the venue, I want you to think about somebody you know. Maybe they don't know the Lord yet. Maybe there's somebody who you know who, for whatever reason, has just kind of gotten off track. And they're not involved in a, in a fellowship right now. I want you to think about maybe this week inviting them, whether it be here or the venue or wherever it might be. Last night, I was just reminded as I met so many new people out in the Welcome Center It's amazing how a simple invite, most people will come if you invite them. And may the Lord give you all opportunities to interface with people who don't know the Lord yet, or maybe they do know Christ and they've gotten off track, that you might be the the, the very hands and feet of the Lord who would invite them to be a part of of a great family here because I believe that this is. Well, last week we started a new series here at Big Valley Grace called Knowing God, which is all about discovering what God is really like, okay? Not what you think he is or what Hollywood portrays him as or what your favorite uncle has to say about him or what different traditions or denominations have to say about God. This is a series where we're looking at what the Bible has to say about God. And the Bible is the place where we learn about God. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that have opinions about God, and they'll tell you all, things, all kinds of stuff about God, what they believe about God. Unfortunately, you know, Hollywood will give us some sort of uh, portrayal of God. We all have some relative uh, that we know who's got a thought on who God is. But this is a series where we're just looking at the Word of God, and we're looking at some of these great theological truths, these doctrinal truths of who God is. Uh, we learned last week that God is all-knowing, in fact. I want you to reach inside your your program right now in the venue right here and pull out that card that says all knowing. Okay, each week uh, I'm, I'm putting one of these in the program and it's for you. It's a teaching tool. It's a reminder of some of the things that we learned. And you can see there it says God is all knowing. And then I put a couple of passages that give you the theological underpinning for that truth. And then it says, God knows everything about you. And once again, there's a a great passage that supports that. And then on the back is where I make it practical, five things that God knows about you. And what I'm doing is I just punched a hole in my card and I bought one of those little rings. And over the next eight weeks, Lord willing, I'm just gonna put those eight things together. And it's something that I can use to remind me of some of these great truths about God. It's something that you could use to, to teach your, your children or your grandchildren. It's something that you could use to teach your parents or your friends. This could be a, a great t- teaching tool for you. I've tried to make it as easy and as practical as I, as I could. And so please take advantage of these and maybe keep them together and see how the Lord might use them in the weeks and maybe even the, the, the years to, to come. Today, We're going to look at the theological truth that that God is everywhere. He's all-knowing, but he's everywhere. Listen to what King David said in Psalms 139. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. In other words, King David is saying that God is everywhere. God said this through the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 23, God said, No one can hide where I cannot see him. I fill all of heaven. I fill all of earth, says the Lord. Beloved, it's a mind boggling thought for me to think that God is everywhere. In fact, think about this I've tried to be at two places at one time. Anybody else giving that a shot? I have. There have been times when in my calendar, for whatever reason, I just double booked. And um, as talented as I think I might be, I've just never been able to pull it off. (laughs) Beloved, there's, there's no place in the universe where God is not. He's everywhere. God never has to go anywhere because He's already there. Just think that through for a second. God never has to go anywhere because He's already there. He's everywhere. He's not limited by space, he's not limited by place, he's not confined to any one location. And wow, that's just a hard concept for us as human beings to kind of wrap our our minds around. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He said, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything... And how does he see everything? Because he's everywhere. If you're everywhere, you can see everything, can't you? And when you pray, Jesus said, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father who's in private. Then your father who sees everything because he's everywhere will reward you. Beloved, now, this doesn't mean that God is everything. That's pantheism. Don't confuse the creator with his creation. He's not everything, but he is everywhere. Does that make sense? I want to make sure that you, 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 you get that. Now, if God is everywhere, and he is, what difference does that truth make in your own personal life? Okay, thank you, Pastor Rick. I appreciate you telling me the theological truth that God is everywhere. I'm one of these guys that always asks the so what question. So what? Okay, God's everywhere. How, how does that make a difference in my life? When I get up in a minute and go get in my car or go to my Sunday school class or whatever it might be, what does that mean? How does it play itself out in my life? How does this theological truth impact my life? Well, Acts chapter 17 says this, I'll give you a general thought here. The Bible says by his power we live and we move and we exist. That's saying you can't move apart from God. You you wouldn't be alive apart from God. You wouldn't exist apart from God. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or an atheist or an agnostic or whatever. God is what holds you together. He's the cohesive force in all of the universe. He holds everything together because he's everywhere. Because God is everywhere. Everywhere. He's the cohesive force that keeps everything together. That matters, doesn't it? Yes. But I want to get even more personal with you, okay? I want to show you how if you'll recognize God's presence in your life, if, if you'll really tune in to this theological truth that God is everywhere, man, it, it can just revolutionize your, your life it'll change the way you think it'll change the way you live it'll change the way you act it'll change the way you react the truth that God is everywhere literally can change your life forever so so how does god's presence he's everywhere benefit your life what, what what's the implications of this theological truth this doctrinal truth that God is everywhere there are Lots, I'm going to give you four. Real practical things. Number one, because God is everywhere, he can give you the companionship you need when you're lonely. I have the feeling that whether you're in this building or you're over in the venue, you've experienced loneliness. That is something that is universal to all of us. Psalms 25 says, Turn to me, Lord, and be merciful to me because I'm lonely and I'm weak. And we we've all been there, haven't we? We've all had those moments that, for whatever reason, we, we felt lonely. We felt like we were all alone. But because God is everywhere, you're never alone. You may feel alone. I have felt alone. You have felt alone. But the reality, the truth is, you're never alone. The reason why we gather and the reason why I preach the word isn't to somehow educate your feelings. I can't do that. Your feelings are what they are. They have no IQ. We don't do this to educate your feelings. This is a moment when we impart truth. It's the truth that sets you free. I know you feel alone. I have felt alone. Some of you feel alone right now. But the truth is, Because God is everywhere, you're not alone. It's impossible for you to be alone. Paul gives us a great piece of truth in 1 Corinthians. He says, you should know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit who is in you. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, not only is God everywhere, but specifically God makes your body his home, you actually become the temple in which God lives. You're never alone, Christian. You may feel alone. I understand that. But the truth is, you're not alone. God is everywhere. And if you know him, he actually lives inside of you. That's truth. Yes, God is everywhere. But for those of us that have given our lives over to him, he actually lives within us. He makes his home within us. God has a very special relationship with those that have surrendered their lives over to him. So Christians, when you feel alone, the reality is, is that you're not alone. God's your companion. You just have to tune in and recognize it. You need to remind yourself that, that, uh, of that truth often. Because I know our feelings can just get the better of us. And then once our feelings take over, guess what? Then we start basing our actions on how we feel. Some of you I know right now are are lonely. Maybe it's because of a divorce. Maybe it's because a a friend of yours moved away. Maybe it's because your spouse died or a family member died. A close friend died. Maybe it's because you are just grown old and all your friends are kind of moving on. Maybe it's because nobody will listen to you. Your spouse, your parents, your friends, whoever. That can be a lonely time when no one will listen to you. There are all kinds of loneliness. You can get lonely when you're traveling on business, right? You can get lonely when you move off to college and man, you're a freshman, don't really know anybody. You can get lonely moms when when your your children finally get to kindergarten and they go to school and all of a sudden there's just where are my where are my kids? You can get lonely moms and dads when your kids finally move out of the house. We call it, you know, being an empty nester. There's this season where you're just lonely. Your house for years, for decades has been full of life and stuff and messes and you know, all the things and all of a sudden You look across the wall of the room and you say, who are you? I'm your spouse. Oh, well, nice to meet you. I forgot about you for the last 10, 15, 20 years. There's loneliness of success. Life can be lonely at the top. There's all kinds of ways to be lonely and God knows it. He knows that we as human beings get lonely and he knows that it's not good for us to be alone. In Genesis chapter two, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good. And so obviously in its context, he he brings a man and a woman together in this thing called marriage where you have a companion but in a broader sense, man, there's friendships but even in a broader sense and maybe in a more important sense, you have the Lord Jesus Christ who lives within you. But loneliness is something everybody faces. So what do you do when you have those moments when you're overwhelmed by loneliness? What do you do? You have to remember the truth. I don't know, pull out the card. Let me see. Oh yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. I know I feel a particular way, but the truth is God is everywhere. God is within me. See, it always comes back to truth. The truth that God is everywhere. He literally lives within you if you're a believer. So you're not alone. You need to recognize his presence in your life. Hebrews chapter 13 says, never will I leave you. Never. 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 I'll never forsake you. Now let me give you a practical benefit of God's presence in your life. When you're lonely, God's presence cheers you up. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 16. You show me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Beloved, when you really recognize God's presence in your life, it'll cheer you up. It'll it'll bring you joy. It'll make you feel better. You won't feel alone because the truth will set you free. The truth that God's presence is always with you. And I'll bet most of us have had that moment where we felt alone. In our humanity, we felt alone. And we get our daubers down. And we start to feel crummy. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life and you begin to remember the great truth that God is everywhere, that God actually indwells you. And you begin to remember that, wait, wait, I'm not alone. God's with me. And doesn't it just lift your soul? It just begins to lift you up, cheers you up, makes you feel good. Wait a minute, I'm not alone. Number two, because God is everywhere, He can give you the confidence you need when you're worried. And I thought about this. I, I think we all get lonely, and I, I've never met anybody who never got worried. Isaiah 42 says this, but now, O oh Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. Put your own name in there. Hey, Rick, listen to, what the, listen to the Lord who created. O oh, Israel, the, the one who formed you, says, don't be afraid, for I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you won't drown because I'll be with you. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you won't be burned up. The the flames will not consume you because I'll be with you. Reminds me a little bit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, doesn't it? When they were thrown into the fire, God was with them. Beloved, this side of heaven, all of us are going to experience things that will get us all goofed up and worried. It happens to all of us. I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord. We're going to go through deep waters. We're going to go through difficult times. We're going to go through some fiery troubles. In fact, some of you are going through some things right now that have got you all worried. You're not lonely. You're worried. Now, no one can predict the problems we're going to face, but the one thing we can be certain of is this, is that God's going to go through whatever it is you're going through because he's with you, he's everywhere. So when you get all uptight and worried about something, you need to remember this truth that God is everywhere and it has a practical implication in your life. He'll give you the confidence you need when you're worried. One day, God told Moses, hey, you're going to lead my people out of Egypt into Israel. And most of you know what Moses' response was. He got all freaked out and started making excuses. God, I can't do that. I'm insecure. I'm nothing. I can't speak. Remember that? And God gave him one answer to his excuse. I'll be with you. Moses is all worried. Oh, man, I can't do that. Are you kidding me? I don't know how to speak, you know. And God says, I'll give you the confidence you need. I'll be with you, I'll be with you. Psalm 16 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. That's truth. I know at times you'll have different feelings, but that is truth. I know the Lord is always with me, and man, I won't be shaken. When you know that, wow. When you, know, when you really know he's right beside you, when you really believe that truth and have that truth in the forefront of your mind, wow, does it make a difference knowing that God's with you, right beside you, so to speak. When I was um, younger, I was in high school, um, uh, my friend, his name was Jeff, he had this beautiful half Chesapeake Bay, half-lab, black specimen of a dog. I mean, this was just a a, a muscle, teeth. Oh, unbelievable, the beauty and grandeur of this Chesapeake Bay dog. Unbelievable. His name was Zebu. I, on the other hand, had a uh, basset hound. (laughs) Long ears, you know, little tiny feet, could hardly run, could hardly do anything. And they were just buddies, Gonzo and Zebu. And we would often take them on walks and go to the park, and man, Zebu could just, just run. And my poor little dog, he just couldn't get his little legs going fast enough. He just was always, and Zebu would have to circle back around and hang out with him, and then they'd run off. And one day we went to Grace Ada Park, and uh, uh, I didn't know the Lord back then. And my friend and I were at the park just hanging out. And uh, all of a sudden, the dogs were out there playing. And and all of a sudden, we hear Gonzo, my dog, just squealing. And we look over, and there's this German shepherd that is just ripping into him. And he's just getting tore up. And you just hear him yelping. So my friend Jeff and I, we just begin running. It was probably a good 50 yards, and we're we're making our way in this German shepherd. And out of nowhere, there's black specimen of muscle and teeth is making its way. And bam, before we got there, he ran right into this German shepherd and laid into him. I mean, this German shepherd was messing with his buddy. And Zebu did what big black Chesapeake Bays were meant to do. <laughs> he just tore into this German shepherd. Well, you know, I grabbed Gonzo, and, you know, he, he was okay. He had some marks in his ears, you know, those big things just get in the way, you know. And um, I put him back down. And, man, Zebu and, and Gonzo were right next to each other. Now Gonzo's acting all bad. Like, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Mr. German Shepherd? I'll take you right now. Because all of a sudden, he was next to Zebu. Let me tell you something. It makes a difference when you understand Zebu's right next to you. Beloved, listen to me. It makes a difference when you really grab a hold of the theological truth that God's everywhere. He actually lives inside of you. Zebu's standing right next to you. It makes a difference. But oftentimes, we as believers, and it happens to me too, I'm I'm human into my humanity, my, my flesh, the old man, you know, I start feeling a particular way, and it's because I forget the truth. And so I begin to get worried and lose my confidence or whatever it might be. Let me give you the the second practical benefit of God's presence in your life. When you're worried, God's presence calms you down. You see, when you're lonely, God's presence will cheer you up. But when you're worried, God's presence will calm you down. Psalms 23 says, even if I walk through the very dark valley, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Beloved, I don't know about you, but I'm not always aware of God's presence in my life. But when I am, it literally changes the way I go about my day, especially when I'm worried about something. It literally has a calming effect on me, and I know it does you too. In fact, when you are aware of this truth in your life, when you are cognitive of it, you don't even worry about death. It calms you, even about you know when you take your last breath. I have watched some of our saints go to be with the Lord. I actually, been with them when they took their last breath. And I'll tell you what: you see a confidence in them. You you, you see it. You can almost just cut it with a with a knife, the confidence that you know what? God's with me. And there is a a calm in their life. So when I'm lonely, I have a companion, and when I'm worried, I have confidence. Number three, because God is everywhere, He can give you the counsel you need when you're tempted. Now I think we all get lonely. And I think we all get worried at times. And if I if I know human beings well enough, I think we're all tempted. All of us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, God will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Because God is everywhere, because God indwells you, he knows exactly what's happening in your life. To me, this is an encouraging verse. Here's the truth. When you're tempted to do something crummy or sinful, God's right there with you. Because God's everywhere, which means his wisdom His advice, his counsel is available to you to overcome whatever the temptation is. Whatever it might be. Beloved, last week we learned that God is all knowing, which means God knows every temptation you'll face. He sees them all. He sees them all even before you do. He knows exactly what's coming your way. And here's the good news He's already prepared the escape route for each of these temptations. It's already been prepared in advance. No matter what temptation you face this week, whether it's at home or at work or at church or at school or wherever, God has the escape route already laid out, already done. And because God is with you, his counsel is also with you. All you gotta do is talk to him. That's all you gotta do. Here's the practical benefit of God's presence in, in, in your life. When you're tempted, God's presence controls you. Controls you. His counsel is available to you. He's there, he's right there with you. But I want you to know his presence controls you. And let me, let me explain this a little bit. Have you ever noticed how much easier it is to control yourself when you know that other people are watching you? And, man, let me pick on you. I want you to think back to when you were a teenager in high school, or maybe you're a teenager now. Uh, when you went to pick up your girlfriend at her house, would it be correct to assume that um, you were always way less affectionate in front of your girlfriend's parents than you were when you left the house? Would that be a safe assumption? (laughs) Absolutely. Hi, Mrs. Jones. How are you, Mrs. Jones? She's sitting over there and you're here. You're behaving yourself. Why? Somebody's watching you. Bye, Mrs. Jones. How are you? And then all of a sudden you become the two-headed monster in the car, you know, (laughs) sitting right next to each other, driving down the road, right? If you know the the policeman standing right there, you're probably not going to speed, are you? If your teacher's looking over your shoulder, you're probably not going to cheat on the test. Unbelievable how when you understand and you're cognitive of the fact that somebody is watching you, it has a controlling effect on your life. When we know that people are watching us, it motivates us to act correctly. Well, according to this theological truth, God's watching. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. The Bible says in Job chapter 13, you put my feet in chains and you keep a close watch wherever I go. God is an eyewitness to every single thing you do. As much as you or me like Jonah might try to run from the presence of God, you can't. God's in your office. God's in your car. God's in your house. God's at your gym. God's at the bar. You name it, God's there. He's everywhere. He sees it all. There's nowhere you can go where you can somehow get out of his vision. Psalms 139 says this, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I can't hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Beloved, there's a lot of evil things that people do at night that they'd never do during the day because they think because it's night, nobody will see them. They think because it's dark outside, nobody will know that they're breaking into the house or breaking into the car or whatever it might be. So a lot of crummy things happen at night that may not happen during the day. But the Bible says God sees everything, He can see through the darkness. He's got a pair of night goggles. He sees it all. Doesn't matter what you do in the dark of night. It doesn't matter what you do. Darkness is like light to him. And I want you to know this this truth should motivate you to act accordingly. Knowing that you're being watched. Watched. Number four, because God is everywhere, he can give you the comfort you need when you're discouraged. So I believe we all get lonely. I believe we all get worried. I believe we're all tempted. And I certainly know we all get discouraged at times. The Bible says in Psalms 34, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits Are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. One version says, The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. Beloved, when you're discouraged, when your heart is broken over something, you need to remember this truth that God is with you. Because he's everywhere. Listen, if you're here today and your heart is breaking over something, the the Lord's there. He's near to the brokenhearted. He actually lives inside of you, if you know him. He's there. He's very much aware of all the things that, that you're going through. He feels your hurt, he feels your discouragement. Some of you right now are going through some tough times and you're ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel on your business. I talked to a man just last week who's so discouraged and he's just ready to give up and throw in the towel on on, on his business. Some of you are so discouraged, you're ready to throw in the towel on your marriage. You've watched other people's marriages come together and you've seen miracles happen and nothing's happening in yours and you're just discouraged. Some of you are ready to throw in the towel on your kids. I was a youth pastor a long time. Well, I had, I had a teenager and there were more than six occasions where I was ready to throw in the towel and go, whoa, whew, Some of you are so discouraged you might be ready to throw in the towel on your own life. And I want you to know that because God is everywhere, because God lives inside of you, he's with you right now. He's very much aware of your business. He's very much aware of the discouragement your marriage is bringing he knows the discouragement that your teenagers are causing or maybe your parents are causing he's aware of the anguish in your soul right now over maybe just at all he's he's everywhere he knows and not only does he know but he cares his presence is, is with you God's not some, you know, impersonal force or he's not some far off, far away power. He's very personal. Lives inside of you if you know him. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this. Jesus says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you Forever. You see, when Jesus went to the right hand of the Father, the Father sent his Holy Spirit to indwell you, to live with you forever. And one of the names that's given to the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. (laughs) And you don't get that name if you're not a Comforter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the Father who is full of mercy and comfort. He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort that God gives us. You see, because God is everywhere, listen to me, because God lives inside of you, he can comfort you at any moment. My wife's um, grandmother is in the hospital. She's a really neat lady. And when I found out, um, I, I, got a, I was in a meeting, and I got a text that... Um, Hey, Grandma is in the hospital. She's still there. And I knew that that would really really break my wife up. But from the time I got the text to when I saw it, some time had gone by. I was not able to give my wife any comfort. Because I can't be everywhere. I know that many of you are married and you have spouses, and your spouse is the greatest source of comfort for you in a human sense. I know that. But your spouse can't be everywhere. Your kids can't be everywhere. You can't be everywhere for your children or your grandchildren. So it's impossible for you to always be there to bring comfort. You can't. You're human. The good news is is that the Bible teaches that God is everywhere that God lives inside of you, that God sent the comforter, and he is with you all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's there to bring comfort to you, to your loved ones. God's never too busy to listen to you. He never tells you to come back later or whatever. He's always available to give you comfort. And here's the deal. If I would have had time, I could have put some microphones up here And I know that many of you could come to the mic and you could share a time in your life when, wow, you were just really discouraged. And then all of a sudden, something happened. You began to think about this truth. You began to go to the very one who sent the comforter. And God began to do a work in your life. And before you know it, you know, the discouragement kind of dissipated. All of us probably have a story like that. He gave you strength and encouragement when you needed to to keep going. In fact, here's a practical benefit of of God's presence in your life. When you're discouraged, God's presence empowers you to keep going. Because discouragement just makes you want to give up. Psalms 138 says, Lord, even when I have trouble all around me, you'll keep me alive. When my enemies are angry, you will reach down and save me by your power. Beloved, the the presence of God not only cheers me up when I'm lonely and calms me down when I'm worried and helps me out when I'm tempted, but it sees me through when I'm discouraged. It sees me through when I want to give up. It empowers me when I want to throw in the towel. And I know that this side of glory, all of us get there at times. All of us. Now, as I wrap this up, I want you to listen to Psalms 116. This has been an important verse in my life here at Big Valley Grace over the years. The scripture says, I have, uh, I I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayers for mercy. Wouldn't it be a drag if God didn't hear? I mean, why even come here today? (laughs) The truth is, he does hear us. He hears us. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Because we know that God hears us, He's everywhere, right? He lives within us. He hears us. Man said to me the other day, You know what, Rick? I, I just feel so far from God. Every time I pray, I feel like my prayers just hit the ceiling. And I said, Well, the good news is He's at the top of the ceiling, He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Death wrapped its ropes around me, and the terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. There's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. Oh, God, save me. I'm lonely. God save me. I'm worried. God, God, save me. I'm being tempted. God save me. I'm discouraged. That's a good prayer. How kind the Lord is, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, from my eyes from tears, my, my feet from stumbling. And so, listen to this, I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I couldn't count how many times that passage has applied to my life. Not only just in the course of what I do for a living, what God has called me to do over the years, but in the course of my personal life, times when I was so um, lonely, so worried, so tempted, So discouraged. And I cried out to God. And he heard me. And he answered my prayers. So, man, I once again committed myself to walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. How do you do that? I mean, God's presence is all around, but most people are totally unaware of it. So, so how do you walk in the presence of the Lord? As I wrap this up, I'll give you four things real quick. Number one, you have to invite Jesus into your life if you haven't done that already. You can't walk in the presence of the Lord if you don't know him personally. Yes, God is everywhere. But God longs to live inside of you The Bible says that when you ask God to come into your life, when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Bible says He does exactly what you ask Him to do. He comes into your life. And the Bible says that you, your body, actually becomes the temple, the house in which God lives. Yes, God is everywhere, but in a personal sense, for those of us that know Him, that have invited Him into our lives, our our bodies become His home. So the first step in walking in the presence of the Lord is you've got to know him. And in just a moment, we're going to give you a chance to uh, go into the altar room. Last night, Pastor Rick grabbed me this morning. Pastor Rick Thompson said, Rick, you're not going to believe, man. A couple came in and just were in tears, young couple, and said, you know what? We need to give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've never done that. They, they came here last week for the first time. And people almost every weekend go in there and they meet with our spiritual leaders the elders and the pastors, and they give their life to Jesus. Maybe that's what you need to do today. And over in the venue, we have an altar over there also. Number two, you have to spend time quietly listening for God's voice. And I chose those two words carefully. You see, you have to just be quiet. you got to close your mouth and don't talk. I think one of the reasons so many Christians never feel God's presence is because they're too busy. They're too busy talking. What most believers do is they, you know, spend time with God, and they talk, 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 and they tell God all this stuff, and they're talking and talking and talking, and God's going, okay, that's really great. And by the way, the Bible says he already knows all that stuff before you ever pray it. So it's not a news flash to God when you pray for, you know, your Aunt Mary who's in the hospital. God doesn't go, oh, thanks for telling me. Remember, he's everywhere. He already knows it. We pray because of the relationship of dependency. God wants us to do it. But we talk and we pray and we, we share all this stuff. And God's waiting for you to, you know, zip it. Because he wants to talk to you and then what the typical Christian does is is they let out all of their things and then they stop and they get up and walk away. And I think God goes, ah, ah, ah. I knew all that already. I, I actually wanted to talk to you. I actually had some things to say to you. You know, I live inside of you. You know that God can actually speak to you in the quietness of the moment? If you really want to sense God's presence in your life, you've got to invite Jesus Christ in your life, and then you've got to find times when you're just quiet. Turn off your phone and your pager and all the stuff and just be alone with God. Let Him talk to you. Number three you actually do have to spend time talking with him. I had that actually second, but I thought, you know what, we do that one so well. We know how to talk. We know how to tell God all the stuff we need to tell him. And there is a time for that. The Bible says never stop praying. How do you do that? How can you do life and at the same time be in continuous prayer? I mean, do you walk around fumbling a rosary all day long or staying in the lotus position all day long? I mean, how, how do you do that? Beloved, let me tell you how you do that. You just have a, a natural conversation throughout the day with God. You wake up in the morning and just like you tell your spouse, good morning, and you say, Lord, good morning. Thanks for another great day. I walked out and opened up my curtains and went, Lord, I'm thankful that my trees broke, blew down last night. Thank you, Lord. You get in your car, God, I'm I'm looking forward to a great day today at work. Give me the wisdom I need, God. Hey, Lord, thanks for this food I'm about ready to eat. Lord, thank you for my church family who I love so much. And you just you just have a natural conversation. That that, that's what that means. That's how you can pray without ceasing. Just as you go through the day, you're, you're just conversing with God. God, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I get to meet with Nancy Behrens this morning. God, give us a great time this morning. I'm looking forward to being with her. Father, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on cars. Lord, thank you for, for making me a mechanic. I love to work on cars. And Lord, when I get under the hood of this next car, would you, would you just give me the wisdom I need? Hey Lord, thanks for my job down here at Macy's, you know, and I got to sell some clothes today. I'm excited that I got a job and help me to make a sale or two today, God. Hey Lord, you know what? I I got a big case I got to try today and I I've I've prepared myself. I got all the stuff I need, but God, when I walk into that courtroom, I want to just recognize your presence with me. And help me to know what it is I need to say. Hey Lord, as I go out and I visit some of these places and try to make some sales and stuff, God, help me to be you to people. Give me an opportunity to share uh, your love with somebody. It's just, it's just a natural conversation you're having. The Bible says that if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. So you invite him into your life if you don't know him. You just spend some quiet time with him, and you actually have to dialogue with him. And then number four, you have to develop The habit of praise. The Bible says in Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go to his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Beloved, nothing will help you become aware of God and his presence in your life faster than developing a habit of praise. Praise and worship. Have you noticed that when you come here and you're here and there's the fellowship of believers, you know, you're all meeting out there, grabbing a cookie, some coffee, you're seeing some friends, and then you walk in here and all of a sudden the music starts. Majesty, worship is majesty. And then we're praying and we're giving and the word is being preached. Woo! You just sense God's presence, don't you? If this is the only time you do it, listen, God's everywhere. You can praise Him in your car, you can praise Him at home, you can praise Him during your lunch hour, you can can develop a habit of praise all of the time because He's everywhere. Yes, when you leave here, God's here, He's everywhere. But it's not like he's sitting around waiting for you to show up here next you know, Sunday morning. He's everywhere. And for you to find those moments where you fill your home with great praise and worship music, where you find yourself at home giving thanks for what he's done, listening to him, spending time in his word, you want to experience the presence of God, you gotta develop that habit in your life and it can happen more than just here. See, one of the reasons why a place like Hume Lake for teenagers has such an impact on them is because when they get there, literally for a whole week, they're just in this praise. All around are rocks with verses on it. And you have morning chapels and evening chapels. And you're always praising God. And so your teenager comes home and, you know, they're like Billy Graham for a while. (laughs) Because they've just spent a whole week praising the Lord. Then they come home, and before you know it, life just kind of takes over. and it becomes, oh, well, Wednesday night, you know, they go to youth group, and, you know, Sunday morning they're in youth group. And it can happen to us, too. So you invite the Lord into your life, spend some quiet time with him, yes, talk and share what's on your heart with him, and then develop a habit of praise. Let me tell you, if you, you grab... hold of this truth. A whole new life will open up to you. The truth that God is everywhere. It'll change your life. It'll cheer you up when you're lonely. It'll calm you down when you're worried. It'll help you out when you're tempted. And it'll see you through when you're discouraged. In fact, what I want to do is I, I want us to say those four things together out loud. Okay, I want everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up right now. Okay? And I want us to say those four things together out loud, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Number one, God's presence will cheer me up when I'm lonely. Not bad. Number two, God's presence will calm me down when I'm worried. Number three, God's presence will help me out when I'm tempted. And number four, God's presence will see me through when I'm discouraged. Now listen. Those are four practical truths of of many that play play themselves out with this theological truth that God is everywhere. Four practical things this week you gotta think about. But there are many. Friends, listen. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, you need to make your way into the altar room. In the venue, make your way into that altar room. Some of you, I, I, I know you, you have trouble making it in there and you have a prayer request. We want you to know that if you go to our website, in fact, we have a, a brand new website and this is kind of what it looks like right now. That's kind of what it, what it is. If you look up in that right-hand corner up there, little icon that says the altar and it says prayer request, you can click onto that icon and you can write your prayer request out. And I want you to know every one of those requests that come in is answered personally. You don't get just back, thank you for sending your email to Big Valley and we'll pray for you. An elder of this church literally reads it, responds to it, we all get it. Sometimes you'll get multiple responses to your prayer requests. And so if, you know, you're a little nervous of going in there, but there's something you would like for us to pray for, It's one of the great privileges that we have is to pray for you. Just go to our website and take advantage of that.